the free for all roundtable round two and on round two today, News Talk 1010's Jason Agnew and, like I say, Dawson, Montreal radio commentator and the mayor of Brampton, Patrick Brown. Good morning to you all. Good morning. All right. So uh, let's start with, um, I'll switch it up. I usually would end with, uh, you know, the less important, which is sports. But right now, to some people, it's vital in this uh, community. So um, who watched the game? Of course, of course, I'm a diehard Leaf fan, so it was a painful game to watch. Are you are you one of those Leafs fans who's going? Okay, I've seen this fall apart before. You know, I just feel it's a better team this year, though. You know, I, I've watched this nightmare before, but when you look at the additions of the people like Ryan O'Reilly, who've had a history of winning, I'm I'm the ever optimistic Leaf fan that they're going to find a way. And I look at it and think, well, at least they're not the Habs. <laughs> no, the Habs are having a. 20-year run of, like, it's really, I think even the diehard Habs fans are asking them questions. But in Toronto, you must be asking what fickle finger of fate pointed from the same direction as Montreal at Toronto. That was sad. Even I know that, and I'm not a huge hockey fan. All right. Well, uh, Jason, for your Sunday morning uh, trivia, there's got to be, like, trivia around what's the team that went this many years without, (laughs) and your answer would always be, you could do a segment called The Answer's Always the Leafs. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can talk about the Leafs' success way back when, and often those do pop up in my This Week in History. But, Jerry, I mean, it's a fun time in Toronto sports right now because, you know, you have the Leafs that are in the playoffs, and hopefully they make it into round two before they're doused by the Bruins. Uh, and then the Jays are playing really well. So I'm yep. kind of on your side when I'm the my Saturday is actually going to be sitting at the Sky Dome, and I will follow, always call it the Sky Dome, uh, watching the Jays play the Mariners with tailback. Yes, I, I predict that tonight Teo um, uh, will get drops uh, the ball. <laughs> no, he runs get, into a wall. Does something the, stupid on the base paths before the game starts. An ovation from the fans. They're nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, Anthony Fury this morning, he's candidate for mayor among the the group of fifty, but he came out with a, kind of a surprising announcement. He's going to sue Metrolinx. And I don't want to be in this position where we have to file a lawsuit against our partners in all of this but this is what it has come to and we got to start making some noise folks because it's no longer acceptable to take this laying down okay so this is all being done under what you call a p3 uh arrangement which is that is that what uh is the p3 what anthony fury meant when he said this fiasco boondoggle total mess patrick brown is that how a p3 works (laughs) You know, I I think he he has merit when he says that it's been uh, an absolute mess. I don't think there's a a more poorly mismanaged infrastructure project in the country right now. Uh, No one wants to drive on that. Having said that, what I think is clever about this, not that the lawsuit would would have much success in the courts, is that this is such a crowded field and it's difficult for candidates to get attention. You know, Anthony Fury knows the media and and this was an attempt to um, be in the conversation. We're talking about him this morning, which for him, you know, is a win in this in this very crowded campaign. Yeah, but he's channeling some righteous anger, Patrick. Yes, and and people are right to be angry. It's a mess. Okay, and and um, one of the things we hear, Anne, is uh, well, this is something that the transportation minister is saying. Yeah, but we don't want to be Ottawa. Look what they did. Ottawa was apparently a disaster with their transit. Yeah, and there's still ongoing problems with their light rail system, which I've been on. And one of the stations just reeks of sewage. And no matter what they do, they can't fix it. Uh, Kind of a weird metaphor. Anyway, 
Um, so these kinds of lawsuits are really good stunts because they draw attention to what are legitimate issues. Like there's been some, there was a spectacular boondoggle at the building of what was called the super hospital at the Glen site in Montreal, which ended up in criminal court actually, ultimately. And it was a triple, it was a PP public private partnership. A lot of these uh, deals go south because people get greedy, they get lazy. I don't know, like Metrolinx is a, is an arm of the Ontario government. Yep. And it sounds like it's not being properly run. I, I, I Every time I go to Toronto, I ask about Metrolinx and I hear, oh no, further delays, further delays. So it's very frustrating. So he's touching on a legit issue, and I and I don't. I think it's a. Uh, I think it's legit what he's doing. All right. Well, some people have written to me, Jason, and they've said, "Well, yeah, that's great. Anthony Fury is going to sue Metrolinx, which means he's suing the taxpayers. How much does that help?" I'm going to guess that he doesn't expect to win a lawsuit against Metrolinx. He's he's doing, uh, as Patrick Brown says, a kind of a, a clever stunt, a stunt to tap into yeah. the the anger. Yeah, it's a publicity stunt. I think we could all see it. You've been talking about it all morning. It has accomplished what it was supposed to do. People know the name. So as Christy Blatchford, I used to say, that is my opinion also. All right, then. The, the, Ford, <laughs> the other thing we've been talking about here, and I'd love to have you weigh in on, is um, that Ford is going to provide $112 million, I believe it is, to various police forces around the province in order to do a little more um, checking up on people who are out on bail. And, and uh, sure, we can all say, well, maybe the judges are releasing people too easily, and maybe we should do this, and maybe we should do that. But this is an element that I'm okay with. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, uh, you know, I think people are concerned about crime and about the wrong people getting out. But, I, you know, I think it's easy fodder and it makes him look like he's doing things on certain fronts and not on others. Like, I cannot get over uh, the boondoggle at Ontario Place. Like, this is a great diversionary strategy to take the eyes off the science centre's lakeshore screw up. And also, I think he he's playing to his red meat base, you know, tough on crime, hang them high, be very afraid. I mean, I'm not trying to say there isn't a problem with criminality, but, you know, the crime rates overall are dropping. So this is just like, I don't know, it seems to me it's cheap politics. Do you think it's cheap politics, Patrick Brown? No, I, I've got to disagree completely. I think the premier is bang on on this. Um, you know, we can't just wait for the federal bail reform changes, which are hopefully coming. Um, we've got a revolving door justice system in many respects. You know, I sit on the Peel Police Services Board. All the chiefs of police in Canada are pushing for this. When my chief of police in Peel says we desperately need this, um, I trust him because he sees this day to day. And I'll just give you one illustration. There was a case, the Henderson-Bellman case that stands out for me. Someone was released on bail five times before he took the life of his uh, of his partner uh, it, the bail system in canada is broken and i know these are stopgap measures right now to help until we get the more meaningful change but i'm glad the premier is actually doing something much of this is with opp but there is some aspects of this announcement which strengthen the ability for the crown um to give them additional resources to try to keep d dangerous offenders uh, behind bars so i welcome this i applaud this it's needed bail's broken in Canada. And well, Jason, I look at it as it's the Premier doing what he can do, because I think the larger problem is that people are being released in the way that uh, Patrick Brown just described, and that's a federal issue. Yeah, I agree with Patrick here. It's a step, but let's face it, this is keeping tabs on people on bail that have been let out. So ultimately, what does that mean? As you just said, a repeat offender there that's been let out five times and finally murders someone, so we're keeping tabs on him. So does that mean we just identify him quicker? Is that what this really is? 
there's so many more steps to be taken here. I guess maybe it shines the light on a little bit more, but it's simply not enough. There's a report from the Globe and Mail. Lack of research funding pushes PhD students out of Canada, threatening a new brain drain. You got really smart people who could solve any number of problems, but they're not going to solve it necessarily in Canada. They give an example of Sivani Baxaran spent years doing research towards her PhD at the University of Toronto. The work demanded high levels of commitment and long hours, but the paltry salary left her struggling to cover her basic expenses. So after graduating, she left for a postdoctoral fellowship in Norway. Um, They seem to be on something that is a real problem here, Jason. Well, she found her way, though. I mean, you know, she did find a place, unfortunately had to leave. Yeah, people who are doing work that do benefit the future and get deep into science here should be rewarded for it. But there's also the chance that you just keep on doing this work. And I would just like to see there definitely be a purpose at the end of this, as opposed to, um, you know, people can just stay in school for a long time uh, and not really have a point to where they're going. So if there's a point and there's a grant that can be given here and people can live to do research to benefit the society that they exist in, yes, they should be rewarded a little bit more than they are. Well, I suppose I could play Patrick Brown, a devil's advocate argument here and say, well, if there's a bunch of other countries that will pick it up and pay for the research, we'll just uh, lay in the weeds and wait until they get the research done and then we'll benefit from it anyway so um why why spend the money yeah, you know, in Canada spends over a billion dollars on medical research uh, alone a, a year. Would I love to do more? Absolutely. But I'm also mindful that, that the finances aren't great in Canada. You know, we've got um, a debt that the future generation is going to burden. Uh, on one positive note, I, I would say the provincial government just announced a new medical school in Brampton starting 2025, which will have a research capacity as well. So there's more research happening in Brampton, which I'm encouraged by. But I'm also mindful that the purse strings of government only go so far. How would you react, Anne, to my thing? We'll let the other countries do it. We'll get the benefit of the research anyway. I, and I'm, I'm doing it as a devil's advocate kind of thing. But Well, I mean, I you know, having spent a fair amount of time in and around universities, I think it's a crying shame. Like, we, we taxpayers support universities, help to finance them, you know, encourage people to develop their talents insofar as that's possible. And then they kiss us goodbye and go off someplace else and uh, end up developing things that are promoted and marketed by companies outside of Canada, because often this stuff ends up in the private sector. So it just seems like a shame to send good people you know, outside of the country. And I think a review needs to be done because, I mean, here's Canada, you know, found the country where insulin was founded at the University of Toronto, for example, like all kinds of incredible groundbreaking work is done here and we need to be building on that not just kissing it goodbye like I, that brain drain thing is a serious thing i know a number of people who've left to go to the states and elsewhere and they took after their spending brains years with them, here. didn't they yeah and they yeah. take their brains and the patents and the incredible creativity that they've developed here in our universities because our universities are known for being good at that graduate promotion stuff. So I just I just think it's really too bad, and I think something needs to be done about it. Online videos may fall under the CRTC regulations as the Liberals' online streaming becomes law as a content creator. Um, how do you look at this, Jason? 
Well, I've made a lot of my career on CanCon uh, in the world of television, so I'm definitely for it. Um, but the examples you've been giving this morning, Jerry, are kind of ludicrous, to be honest with you. You doing a podcast and talking about the Beatles, you're the Canadian one on that. So even if it does come down to the minute regulation of someone in their basement doing a podcast about something, you're the Canadian there. I mean, look at the maple symbol that has been done for Canadian music. As long as a couple of those ticks are checked, then it's considered considered Canadian. So we go all out to consider things Canadian as long as a Canadian is involved. So as far as this goes, I can't wait for another streaming service to have something clever called Maple Syrup Movies or Hollywood North, a little tab there that they funded that I probably won't ever click on. Any concern on your part, Patrick? Yeah, you know, I think this is a balancing act. You, you don't want to ever limit um, freedom of expression and uh, the, the abilities of, of, you know, people to have their uh, expression uh, curtailed. I, I do want to see Canadian content, though. And right now, film production in Canadian cities um, is on the rise, and we want to encourage that. And so I hope that some of the criticism uh, of this bill is exaggerated and it doesn't have the type of curtailment that many are, are, are worried about. Well, a lot of people are worried, Anne. Yeah, and here I am in Montreal, which is a place that a lot of production companies like to shoot because it looks like Europe. At least some parts of it do. I'm a big fan of these of CanCon. I think it's made a huge difference for all of us. We don't even realize. So I'm worried about that, and I would be a big promoter of it. Yeah, I, I would disagree with Jason. I can't do a music show where I play no Canadian music and say, well, I'm the Canadian, I'm the host. That counts. <laughs> it doesn't count. But thanks to all of you, and this is News Talk 1010, Mark Tui coming up after the news. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010, Toronto.